Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. This was Retail Week in terms of new data and earnings releases. My most important takeaway? Learning that the price of the hot dog combo at Walmart has been lowered nearly 10% to $1.38. Lunchtime. All right, this week, our three things are... One, pain. It continues to guide the Fed. Two, Walmart and Target. Extraordinary earnings releases provide updated color on the health of the U.S. consumer. And three, retail sales. Better than expected, not helpful to the cause. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Where's the pain? It's funny in an odd sort of way the gyrations Federal Reserve officials do in order to avoid speaking clearly. The legacy of Alan Greenspan, I suppose, who once quipped, If I've made myself too clear, you must have misunderstood me. That helps explain the lengths Fed officials go through to avoid talking about recession or a rise in unemployment, the things that often go with tightening financial conditions. Instead, we get pain. Reluctantly, Chair Powell has introduced the fact that there is a cost to taming inflation, explaining that doing so quite possibly will involve pain. But doing so will make it less painful in the future. You get the point. That was his takeaway in his Jackson Hole speech where he introduced the concept as in higher rates, slower growth, and softer labor conditions will bring some pain. In his presser at the September 21st FOMC meeting, He used the word seven times, and yet in the September SEP, the forecast, we see median unemployment peaking at 4.4% when 6.2% is the long-term average, we see Fed funds peaking at 4.6%, and we see full-year 2023 GDP growth bottoming at 1.2%. None of that feels very painful. Now, to be fair, We talked last week about the views from Goldman Sachs and Rockefeller International that show how the relatively painless soft landing is possible. Those views miss two important things from my perspective. One, neither, it seems, addresses the pain that is sure to come. And two, both assume the Fed is going to be surgical in their precision of tamping down demand. We know the latter, point two, is highly improbable as tightening aggressively is deploying blunt force, and the incentive is to over-tighten rather than come up short and risk becoming Paul Volcker II with his double-dip recession in the early 1980s. This point was reinforced this week courtesy of Esther George, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, who said, I'm looking at a labor market that is so tight, I don't know how you continue to bring this level of inflation down without having some real slowing, and maybe we even have contraction in the economy to get there. Again, artful dancing around the R word, but getting to the same place. Sounds like she has seen soft landing scenarios, but is clearly skeptical those can be achieved. I would love it if there was a path, and I've seen people paint that path, she said. I have not in my 40 years with the Fed seen a time of this kind of tightening that you didn't get some painful outcomes. There's that word again. And as if she has a little Volcker whispering in her ear, she adds, the more important question for this committee looking out over the next year is being careful not to stop 
too soon, she said. This was the lesson of the 1970s and 80s. Keep this in mind as markets go through various bear market rallies. The fact is, we've got more financial and economic pain in our future. All right, on to our second thing. Key takeaways from Walmart's and Target's extraordinary earnings reports. Now, you have to admit, you don't expect to see big surprises out of large-cap mass merchandisers on the day they announce earnings. And you sure don't expect to see those surprises going in opposite directions. But that's exactly what we were treated to this week with Walmart and Target. Walmart reported adjusted earnings of $1.50 a share in Q3, 3% better than a year ago, and 14% better than the estimate. Traffic in their stores was up, and inventories were down. The company raised its full-year 2023 guidance, including bumping top-line growth to 5.5% from 4.5%. Walmart stock finished 6.5% higher on the news. Target went the other way. Softening sales and markdown pressure led to a big miss and a Q4 warning. Adjusted earnings of $1.54 a share was 49% lower than the year-ago quarter and missed the estimate by 28%. The company provided a gloomy forecast and announced a $2 to $3 billion cost saves slash efficiency program over the next three years. The stock fell 13%. So how do we reconcile these two bellwethers so in touch with the all-important U.S. consumer? Our first observation, Target's been a victim of its own success. Sales since 2019 are up 44% compared to Walmart's 17%. Management has struggled at times keeping up and keeping up with changing consumer preferences, leading to inventory management issues that have dampened results over the past two quarters. Getting back to a 30% plus return on invested capital will undoubtedly take time, especially into a downturn, but if the 15% it returned in Q3 is at or near the floor, we don't worry about the credit. Our second observation, mix matters. Walmart's revenue mix skews more towards consumer staples, greater than 50%, than targets, which is around 20%. With staples, meaning food and beverage in particular, consuming a greater slice of a consumer's budget, and demand for goods fading due to the powerful pull-forward of goods demand during the pandemic, Walmart is better positioned against the downturn. Our third observation, the U.S. consumer is beginning to crack. We've seen it in survey data for some time now, and now we're seeing it show up in spending data, at least as far as the bottom two-thirds of income brackets are concerned. According to Target Management, consumers are feeling increasing levels of stress driven by persistently high inflation, rapidly rising interest rates, and a sense of uncertainty about their economic prospects. That has led to what management described as dramatic changes in shopping patterns, namely more money being eaten up by consumer staples. To that point, Walmart acknowledged that economic uncertainty seems higher than normal adding that its guidance assumes the consumer could slow spending, especially in general merchandise categories, given persistent inflationary pressures. No need to be alarmist here, but the latest retail sales data suggests there is plenty of consumer spend energy and capacity out there. But all of the things Target and Walmart managements highlighted are very real and reflect the future, not the past. 
the all-powerful U.S. consumer is starting to sputter. All right, keeping with the consumer spending theme, let's dig into the latest retail sales data. Retail sales in October rose sharply over the prior month, no matter how you slice it. Headline up 1.3%, the highest in eight months, and beating the estimate of 1%. X-Auto and Gas, or looking at the control group, it's the same story. Strong like bull. Excess savings built during the pandemic, rising wages, and increasing borrowings provided plenty of dry powder to spend at inflated prices. And the growth was broadly based, save apparel and electronics. Staples, furniture, home improvements, restaurants, all strong. That's the problem. We continue to live in the bizarro world where good news is bad news, because this is, of course, all about the Fed. The stronger the data, the more elusive the central bank's primary goal, taming inflation, becomes. That means more policy response, tightening financial conditions, is on the way. Now, interestingly, the news really didn't do much to the market implied probabilities and magnitude of future rate hikes. December still looks overwhelmingly like 50 basis points, and February is split between 25 and 50 basis points. For what it's worth, Goldman tacked on another 25 basis points to its forecast of 50 in December, 25 in February, and now 25 in March. The Fed has been trying to drive financial conditions tighter, but it's been a struggle. On the back of the favorable CPI and PPI data, measures of financial conditions have been loosening over the past month. The retail sales data is not helping. This is not what the Fed wants to see. We also took note of the latest consumer debt reading from the New York Fed. Total household debt jumped the most since 2008, up 8.3% year over year. While 80% of the growth was in home mortgages, credit card debt saw its biggest rise, up 15% in 20 years. Keep in mind the effects of inflation. With prices up 8-plus percent over the past year, borrowings are going to grow proportionately. In addition to the effects of higher prices, the negative wealth effects of inflation and falling home and investment values are also contributing to the growth in borrowings. So how do we read this? From one perspective, increased borrowing reflects the strength of the consumer, stemming undoubtedly from the surge in household net worth and the strong jobs market. An alternative view would be lower income slash net worth cohorts are tapped out and consumers have to borrow to meet their everyday budget requirements. Target management acknowledged this on their earnings call. So it's really a mixed bag. But as tighter financial and credit conditions bite in 2023 and the labor market softens, we expect the consumer to become increasingly cautious about borrowing and spending. And that will weigh on credit. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, pain. The Fed is on the lookout for it as it forms its 2023 plan. Two, Walmart and Target. Divergent equity stories, but a similar message. The strength of the U.S. consumer is beginning to normalize. And three, retail sales. Good news is bad news. The Fed needs to see this level off. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week. 